This is a presentation of the Woodland Church of Christ, meeting at 3370 Broad Street in Sumter, South Carolina. We meet for worship on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. We meet for Bible study at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday. If you have questions or comments on this lesson, you may email them to Fred Gosnell at fgosnell at ftc-i.net or to Arnie Granke at agranke44071 at twc.com. Good afternoon. This is Arnie Granke and Fred Gosnell, and uh, this is What Does the Bible Say? Brought to you by Church of Christ at Woodland in Sumter, South Carolina. And uh, uh, we want to study God's Word with us. We've been talking with you. We've been talking about uh, prayer, uh, had several lessons about that. And uh, uh, we've, we've discussed uh, Jesus' model prayer, uh, what people typically call the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Don't know that Jesus ever actually prayed that per se himself. Uh, but we looked at that and, and uh, uh, saw actually seven items in there that uh, uh, would serve as an outline for beginners to, uh, uh, to begin to learn to, to pray. Of course, they could develop uh, on, on that themselves. Uh, we looked at various positions, uh, petitions uh, of, of the prayers. And uh, uh, in our last session, we were talking about not just things to pray uh, for, but, but people that, uh, that we should pray for, people like, uh, like the rulers or our nation or the churches and, and disciples, persecuted saints, uh, there's still plenty of them, uh, a lot of persecution still going on in, uh, in various uh, places. And, uh, in fact, I think we're actually going to talk about that uh, uh, this afternoon, aren't we, Fred? Uh, yes, I think we'll start out with that. Okay, good. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, uh, we, we have a record of, of the saints being persecuted in, in the first century. Uh, uh, James, Herod had, had taken James and killed him with the sword. And then he, uh, he took Peter, was going to do the same thing to Peter. And in, and in Acts 12, verse 5, uh, we are told that Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer, prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And, of course, uh, the, uh, the result was that uh, uh, Peter uh, was uh, uh, gotten out of the prison by, by a miracle, basically, and uh, Herod was prevented from doing that uh, at the time that he wanted to. And then uh, uh, Paul... Uh, when he wrote to the Thessalonians in Second Thessalonians 1, 11, and 12, he had uh, uh, talked to them about prayer. And uh, beginning in verse 11, Paul uh, says, Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, a prayer ought to be made uh, for those who are uh, uh, trying to teach the gospel to others. Uh, you know, in our country generally, uh, uh, we're 
pretty free to do so and generally it works out pretty well. We're not usually uh, persecuted, but of course persecution uh, in our society is a little bit different right now. It's, it's not direct, but there are other ways that, uh, uh, that people are trying to get others to quit talking about the Bible and quit teaching the truth. But nevertheless, uh, prayer ought to be made uh, for those who do so, that, that they would have opportunity to do so, that they ought to uh, be safe in doing so. And uh, uh, that's one of the things that uh, we learn uh, from what is written uh, uh, concerning prayer and praying for others and praying for their safety and praying that, that, uh, that they might be able to uh, uh, continue uh, uh, doing that. Uh, you know, thinking, thinking of Herod having put... Uh, James to, to death, uh, it, it's easy to get confused about the Herods. There were so many uh, of them, and not one of them, as far as we know, was a, uh, was a good king or a good uh, uh, official uh, in, in the areas where they, uh, where they were in charge. And this particular one, is Herod, was not the same one that, that slaughtered the infants when Jesus was born. This would be Herod Agrippa the first, I think. And, uh, uh, but all of them seem to have pretty much the same characteristics as far as their moral conduct was concerned or lack of it. And uh, uh, as far as their violence against uh, disciples. Uh, you, you might classify them as being uh, our enemy, but there are others as well that are uh, our enemy. Some of them are religious people. Uh, other religions besides the Jews have persecuted uh, Christians uh, along the way. And, and people that are personal enemies, people that hate you because you don't do what they want you to do, uh, or because uh, whatever things they think of you, they think of you as, as being a Christian and have no use for for that, that kind of thing. So uh, certainly our enemies are in, individuals to pray for. Why should we do that? Well, if we pray for them, and uh, uh, we might just be able to convert them to the, to the truth, then they won't be our enemies anymore. But even if they are, we want to see them, uh, want to see them change and become uh, people of, of God. So uh, Luke tells us in, in Luke chapter 6 and beginning in, in uh, uh, verse 27, actually Jesus is doing the speaking here, not Luke, but uh, uh, Jesus says, I say unto you which hear, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that they curse you. Pray for them that despitefully uh, use you. And uh, so uh, here, that's the best way to, uh, to, to get rid of your, your enemies. Uh, lower the number of them by doing good things. And, and at least if they have evil to speak of you uh, about, others will know that it's not true. <laughs> yes. And, and of course, uh, uh, Paul, Paul deals with that in, in, in Romans chapter 12, 17 through uh, 21. He's... Uh, he's, he's very specific about this. He says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Now I'll stop right there. Uh, of course, the, 
the implication there is, well, it's not always possible to be at peace with everybody. But he says, now, if it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto the wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he, th if he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And of course, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we, we have to learn to do this. Uh, sometimes it's hard to, uh, to, to want to do good to someone who is uh, trying to uh, uh, cause you harm. But nevertheless, uh, you, you know, his statement is that, you know, vengeance is, is not up to us. Uh, God's the one that'll mete out the vengeance. So uh, uh, just let him do that and don't, uh, don't step out of your lane, as, as, uh, some, as some say. Well, uh, you know, Jesus, of course, had enemies as, as well. Some of those enemies are still foes of ours, in, in a manner of speaking. But, for example, uh, Jews don't treat, it, treat Christians generally as badly as they did during the, uh, the first century. There are other groups <laughs> uh, in, in the world that, uh, that treat us about as violently as, uh, as they possibly can. But uh, uh, not the not the uh, uh, Jews, and and the, the reason that I say that because uh, as badly as Jesus was treated by them, uh, nevertheless he still uh, loved them and cared for them, and uh, his prayer on on the cross uh, in Luke chapter twenty three, uh, uh, verse thirty four, uh, said then said Jesus Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do, and then of course the, we we read about the uh, the soldiers there that were in the uh, execution detail, uh, parting his uh, his raiment uh, uh, and uh, uh, casting lots uh, for it. It's it's interesting uh, also in 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 that uh, certain context, you know, verse forty seven of Luke chapter 23 uh, records what, uh, what the uh, uh, centurion uh, has to say. And uh, uh, surprisingly enough, we, we see uh, this in several of the other, other passages, but in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 23 and, and in verse uh, 47, uh, uh, the uh, uh, centurion when he saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, certainly this was a righteous person or a righteous man. Uh, and uh, uh, sometimes you wonder, who was that centurion? And, and do we see him somewhere else? Does he pop up in other passages of, uh, of Scripture? Does he, does he turn, up, turn up, for example, uh, uh, learning the gospel and, and obeying it. We, we don't know for sure uh, who the centurion was, but maybe there were a number of them that were affected positively uh, by the righteousness of Christ and by the righteousness of, uh, of disciples. So we, we'll, we'll never know uh, that. But uh, as much as the, as the Jews hated Jesus, this centurion understood this is a good man. This is a good fellow. Yes, and of course, that's what, that's what Paul said. Uh, he said, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And of course, Jesus is, is uh, uh, 
a, a, a perfect example of that. Well, we have another example, uh, uh, Stephen, uh, in Acts chapter 7, 59 and 60, Luke writes about what happened to Stephen. Of course, Stephen was uh, uh, teaching the uh, uh, Pharisees and, and the Sanhedrin the truth there, and, and they didn't like it. And verses 59 and 60, it says, they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this into their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And of course, uh, uh, again, he's being stoned. And then he, he, he asked the Lord not to, not to lay this into uh, uh, their charge. And uh, similar to what Jesus had said on the cross. Of course, one of the individuals that, that was there, Paul was there, Saul of Tarsus, and he was holding the clothes of those that were doing the, doing the uh, uh, stoning. Of course, later on, uh, Paul, Saul became Paul, uh, became a Christian, and became one of the uh, greatest uh, propagators of the gospel uh, in the New Testament. So uh, uh, he, he, and, and he had, had said later on uh, about the things that he had done, and, and he never forgot that. And, and of course, he went, went on and served the Lord, uh, teaching people the gospel and, and uh, evidently had that scene in his mind uh, throughout his life. I would imagine, I would imagine that, he, that he did. That was probably the biggest regret of his, uh, of his life. Uh, uh, let's pray for those also that are sick and, and, and those that are, uh, are afflicted. Uh, Paul, at, uh, since you mentioned him, Fred, <laughs> uh, Paul uh, was at uh, uh, on on the island of Malta. Uh, the King James version calls it Malita, but uh, but it's actually the island of of Malta. And uh, uh, in in uh, Acts chapter twenty eight, it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Uh, to whom Paul entered in and prayed, laid his hands on him and healed him. Uh, so it was, it was certainly a, a, a valid prayer. God understood that prayer and, and answered that prayer apparently right away or pretty quickly uh, there uh, as Paul is praying for uh, someone who's sick and someone who's uh, afflicted. And to our knowledge, he was not a uh, a uh, uh, Christian, uh, but possibly that was uh, some of the evidence that that, that they were teaching uh, God's will correctly, and others uh, may have uh, have learned the gospel as a result of uh, as a result of that. Uh, in James chapter uh, chapter five, James uh, speaks about uh, the, the sick and the afflicted. Uh, in beginning in verse 13 when he said is any uh, among you afflicted let him pray is he married let him sing psalms is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall, shall raise him up uh, and if he hath committed sins, uh, they shall be forgiven him. So, you know, to, to some degree, we, we tend to be limited in, in our knowledge of who the sick are. Uh, usually they're people that, that live in the, 
the same community as we or that you've read about in the news or something along that that line there's kind of a limitation on on whom we who we know but but we also know some that while you might not classify them as uh, as sick uh, they certainly uh, are individuals who need the Lord and and uh, uh, others around them need them I think for example of uh, of the president of the United States now in, in his uh, elderly elderly years uh, things have not been well for him he's he's suffering some of the effects of uh, of old age and uh, uh, let's pray for him uh, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or have no uh, no political leanings in any direction uh, it would be appropriate to uh, uh, to, to pray for him it's up to the Lord of course to uh, to answer that prayer uh, but let's pray for whoever we know of that's sick and and uh, uh, or afflicted yes and, and of course that that goes for uh, uh, people from a, from a spiritual standpoint as well James and James 5 verse 16 he says there confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much of course we all uh, have faults there's there's no perfect Christian uh, and you know John talks about that you know if, you, if any says he has no sin he said he he's the truth is not in him no, so 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 we ought to uh, you know let people know you know I've got this problem uh, uh, and I, I need your prayers and and we ought to uh, uh, do that pray for one another and and pray for uh, for the individual to uh, do better and then of course uh, the the contingency there is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much so and and again that's a that that's one of the things that we need to make sure that uh, we uh, focus in on as our own life and, and be righteous people. Do, do the best we can to uh, obey the gospel, to follow what Jesus says, and to be righteous. That, and then once we uh, continue to do that, then our prayers will be effectual. They will be effective uh, when we pray for someone that's uh, said that I need your prayers. And so yeah, do so for sure uh, for the brethren. Not necessarily individuals that are that are sick with some kind of disease that we're aware of, or maybe uh, you know the effects of old age or uh, just injuries and things of that sort. Uh, they certainly would fall into the category of sick and and afflicted. But think in terms as well of people who are spiritually uh, ill. Uh, Ill. When, when he says, uh, pray for one another that you may be healed, uh, I wonder if he really is thinking in terms there, uh, not, of a, uh, not of a disease, a physical disease, so much as, as a spiritual issue possibly needs spiritual uh, healing. Let's be praying for that and be alert to uh, that as, uh, as well. Uh, while you're in uh, James chapter uh, chapter five. Well, I guess you just you just read that. I'm looking uh, looking in the wrong direction here. Let me let me take us to uh, uh, to uh, Romans chapter ten and begin in in verse one, uh, where Paul said, "Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God." but not according to knowledge. 
For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And of course, he's not talking about uh, righteousness as as man thinks of it, generally speaking, uh, but God's plan with regard to uh, to righteousness. If we haven't obeyed the gospel, we're not righteous people, no matter how good neighbors we might happen to be, or how good parents, or how good employees, or uh, whatever uh, that we that we are. Uh, we need to be spiritually healed and spiritually. Uh, righteous as well and not establish our own righteousness and that's exactly what what happens in uh, a lot of of religion the gospel religions the gospel the truth of the gospel uh, not some denominational uh, kind of form of uh, of the gospel where uh, churches kind of make up what they want to believe and ignore the things that they don't want to uh, need, but the gospel itself is what can heal people spiritually and uh, uh, certainly we want uh, we want uh, them to become healed and become righteous and become righteous as well yes and and, and of course we also uh, need to uh, pray for our children and probably one of the one of the best examples for that would would be Job. Of course, Job lived in, in the patriarchal age. And in Job 1, 4, and 5, uh, we are told by him, he says, and his sons, Job's sons, went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone, were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. And of course, he was, he was the patriarch. So, so he, uh, he wanted to make sure that had they done things that were contrary, had offered, had uh, uh, not followed the law that they were under, then he offered sacrifice for them. Just in case, he said, well, maybe that they sinned and maybe they cursed God in their hearts and said things that they should not have said. And so he offered the sacrifices that were required under that uh, system uh, so that the, uh, they would be forgiven of, of those. And, and notice it said, thus did Job continually. It wasn't just a one-off thing. He did this continually. Uh, whether he knew what they did or not, and he just offered those, those sacrifices uh, on, on their behalf. And of course, uh, in, in our system, we are to pray for our children and, and to uh, pray for their uh, well-being. Pray that they would obey the gospel if they haven't. Pray that they would remain faithful to the Lord. And so uh, that's that's what we need to do, and we need to remember that. And not just once in a while, but continually, just like Job did. Job did what he did continually on the behalf of his children. Job lived during the patriarchal age, the first period of, of time uh, here since the world had been created. And uh, uh, it wasn't during the, uh, the Old Testament period, uh, but uh, he w- it was before that. So it's interesting that, uh, that people uh, in that period understood the need to sacrifice. That was still something that was applicable uh, among men, just as, just as uh, uh, Abel, for example, had sacrificed and, 
and uh, others as well that we read about in the Old Testament. So uh, uh, they they worshipped God in the manner that God intended to to be worshipped, uh, even during that period. Uh, though we may not think so much about that, we we generally tend to think more of the Old Testament period when when Judaism was in uh, was in effect. And let's not forget to pray for ourselves. We're not talking about gimme, gimme, gimme type (laughs) prayers. Uh, But there are things that, uh, ways that we want to grow, uh, characteristics that we want to uh, develop as as Christians. There's so many things, so many uh, areas of our life that that we want to improve on. Uh, then it's a good thing for us to pray uh, for these things, not just once or twice, but but make it something that's a a frequent thing that we we think about. I'm I'm looking here in in the New Testament in Matthew chapter uh, chapter 6, as Jesus is teaching uh, uh, disciples to pray. This was a part of the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And uh, one of the versions of what people refer to as the Lord's Prayer uh, was part of what Jesus taught. A little different from, from the way he taught on different occasion there uh, in, in the book of, of Luke. But let's look at that. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. That's a, that's a prayer for the necessities of of life, not and not just food, not just bread, <laughs> but but uh, uh, food and clothing and and the other things that we need. We need shelter. We need a, uh, a lot of things. Uh, speak about those to the to the Lord in prayer. Verse twelve and and forgive us our our debts. Uh, we have incurred debts that we can never pay. That we can never pay. And the only way to uh, rid ourselves of those is is through prayer and through obedience to uh, to God's will. We want Christ's blood to uh, to purify us, and and so uh, we need to pray that we be forgiven for our debts or for our sins. In other words, uh, and and then he adds, uh, as we forgive our debtors, do we forgive our debtors? That's an important question to ask ourselves and maybe to make some changes uh, about uh, as well. Uh, very often we, we may be delinquent in that regard. Uh, lead us not into temptation. It, it's not that God would lead you into it, uh, but if, if you're intent on going somewhere or doing something without even knowing uh, what you may, may happen to face, uh, there could be temptation uh, there, evil is present everywhere in the in, in the world, nearly. So uh, let's pray to uh, to to not be led into into that, and and uh, pray, but deliver us for, from evil. Then then praise comes in uh, in in this these last phrase phrases for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And then amen means uh, may it be so. Uh, and uh, uh, a lot of times we can conclude our prayers that way. And Jesus 
even even taught that as well yes and jesus gave us an, an example of, of of two people that were uh, praying on, on on their behalf in luke 18 13 and 14 and and there was a publican and there was a uh, there was a pharisee and jesus speaking of the publican says and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven but smote upon his breast saying god be merciful to me a sinner I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Of course, the situation with the Pharisee was the Pharisee was self-righteous, and he stood over there and talked about all the things that he did and, and, and looked at the publican and said, See, I'm not like him. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, he was uh, exalting himself. But the publican simply looked up into heaven and he said, Father, forgive me for uh, God be merciful to me, a sinner. So, so we need to be humble enough to just simply acknowledge the fact that we sin. And, and uh, there's no perfect individual in this world. The only perfect one was crucified over 2,000 years ago. So uh, pray for yourself, but be humble about it and acknowledge your sins and then ask for forgiveness and ask for mercy. And uh, that's the way Jesus told us to do that. When Simon of Samaria had, had sinned, uh, Acts chapter 8 tells about that. We'll let you look that, that up. But in, in uh, uh, verse 24, he was admonished uh, to repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. And, and then down in verse, verse 24, uh, we, we see that Simon uh, uh, entreated uh, the, the apostles and, and other saints that were there uh, uh, saying, pray for me. And that's a good idea to, uh, to do that. I think he was on the right track in, in doing that. And then, then in Hebrews chapter 4, and uh, uh, beginning in, in verse 14, uh, Jesus, of course, is identified as, as the high priest, uh, spiritually uh, speaking. And uh, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast the profession, uh, our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and uh, find grace to help in time of need. Fred, I see that we're, uh, that we're out of time. So uh, we, we hope that these thoughts about prayer will be uh, helpful to you, that you can apply those uh, in in your prayer life on a on a regular basis, and uh, uh, we hope that you'll tune us in again next Lord's Day. Uh, we hope that you'll have a good week.